0: I think if you are struggling with anything, it could be as little as just like a doubt in life, like a tiny little negative thought. Tell someone about it. It's just the practice of asking for help and having someone to lean on. What's up everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples.
1: And the things they go through.
0: Um, I just woke up from a nap and it was amazing. You earned it. I feel like I was in a different world for a second. Seven
1: months pregnant. You know what? You can take a nap every now and then if you want. I think
0: we're eight, babe. Huh? I
1: think we're eight. I don't know. I guess... Is is pregnancy 10 months technically? Pregnancy
0: is 10 months. Nobody tells you. Yeah. We are in the last eight weeks of it.
1: You're crushing it.
0: That sounds weird. It's wild. Anyways, uh, we just did an episode that... We weren't really sure how it was going to go, but you guys seemed to like it, which was about mental health, addiction, and addiction within relationships and how to deal with it. I gave my personal story about eating disorders and identity and just kind of self-consciousness and all the baggage that came with myself going into the relationship with Andrew.
1: And then last week we had the Baldonis join us who spoke on a similar issue. Mm -hmm. And today we are continuing the mental health discussion uh, because it is mental health awareness month.
0: Yes. Which is very important. And this goes without saying, if you are struggling um, with anything, you are just like all of us and it is a beautiful thing to ask for help. So we will list some resources and places you can find help help in the description below.
1: Yes. Uh, Yeah. We, we don't confront this topic lightly, but we want to share our, uh, experiences with it. So actually I'm going to be talking about my mm-hmm. difficulties with mental health. Uh, and we do want to be clear before we start, we're trying to use accurate language as we go through this. So if we ever overstep or if you're like a trained, you know, therapist and you know that we're discussing this incorrectly, please let us know that. Yes, please. Um, we, cause we are doing this in, you know, good faith and, and really just trying to have an open discussion. So anyway, before we jump in, if you haven't subscribed to the show and given it a rating, please do so. We love this community that we've built here. This is the only channel that we have comments um, on YouTube <laughs> yeah. with. So yes. uh, please keep that coming. And shall we begin?
0: We shall. So baby, I gave my story of very general oversight of how I saw kind of the struggles that I dealt with with eating disorders and body image, how they crept on, why they crept on, um, and how I dealt with them. If you could, would you mind sharing the first time you felt, I don't want to say compromised, but vulnerable to your mental health?
1: Yeah, so first of all, I got to say, I feel very fortunate um, in the sense that this realm isn't something that has been like a wild, um, you know, presence in my life, Mm -hmm. but it is humbling to think that when I look at my family line and my, uh, relatives, mental health is, uh, and struggles with mental health is like a, you know, common Mm -hmm. thing. So anyway, I would say that the one aspect that I have struggled with personally is, uh, when I made it to the pros for the first time, signed with Kansas city chiefs, I was like, obviously I felt like the man Mm -hmm. I felt so pumped. It was like confident, uh, until about the third day of practice. And then I, that was the beginning of what I classify as anxiety. And I know Sean and I have had a lot of, um, discussions about this again, trying to use accurate descriptors. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that is the closest thing that I can relate it to. Um, and yeah, it started this really four year long Experience with that. And I struggle with it. And we could dig into the details, but anxiety has been my thing. Is it
0: hard for you to look back on and put a name to it and like, and say, I struggled with anxiety?
1: Like for me to sell no, because no, I think when I was playing football and I had like this pride of, you know, I, I guess there's a stereotype of football players being physically you know, fit and just mentally solid. Mm -hmm. I think I, when I was in that moment, um, would have shunned from calling it anxiety. But now I look back and I was like, dang, I was pretty fragile back then. So.
0: I I distinctly remember, I feel like I could get emotional talking about it, which is funny. I also just woke up um, and I'm pregnant. So that's probably why. But I remember you going through that whole process and we weren't actually together. Like we were in a relationship, but we weren't together in the same city. Well, um, Let's talk
1: about this. Cause I thought we were engaged. So I, th- I kind of classified that as <laughs> yeah. you know, together to some degree, I but didn't mean it like we that. can, we can kind of dig into the weeds there.
0: <laughs> we were long <laughs> <can't>. distance and <laughs> engaged. Um, but I was getting ready for the Olympics. so I was traveling the country and you were at, at camp and we couldn't be together. And we were talking a lot every night and, I remember listening to you and watching you or FaceTime and like having conversations about how you were feeling and your nerves. And I don't know if you remember this, but there was one night where it just seemed to all come to a head Mm -hmm. and you and me both were just crying and I felt for you so much because it was so, I don't want to say heavy. Are you frustrated with buying your kids clothes and having them grow out of them literally within a week? I know I am. Then you need to check out Posh Peanut. I love this brand. Their clothes are amazing quality and made from viscose from bamboo. So they stretch with your kid as they grow and are four times stretchier than cotton.
1: They have different designs you can pick from, like Barbie, flowers, Disney, and Hot Wheels. So we let our kids pick out which ones they wanted, and of course, Drew picked the pattern with Disney princesses. Oh
0: yes, she loves her Disney princess pajamas. Plus, I swear their clothes get even softer the more you wash them, which usually doesn't happen with kids' clothes. I also love that their clothes are chemical-free, which means they're delicate enough for babies with sensitive skin, which is something we've been paying attention to for bear.
1: Posh Peanut is made for infants and kids, but they also have sizes for moms and dads if you want the whole family to match. Let's be honest. Every family has done a matching moment. And if you're not a parent, consider this a perfect gift idea.
0: For real, you guys. We love this brand, and they're loved by over a million parents. Check them out.
1: Right now, Posh Peanut is offering our listeners 20% off your first order with promo code EastFam. Go to poshpeanut.com slash and use promo code EASFAM for 20% off your first order.
0: Before you, but you were, you were dealing with things that you had never dealt with before. Yeah. And you weren't sure how to sort through it. So going back to camp at, with the Chiefs, how did, how did your anxiety like show itself? How did you, what were you feeling at the time? I know back then you didn't, you didn't know how to put a word to what you were feeling, but what, what were you feeling and how did it show?
1: So let me pause and, and kind of paint the picture here before we maybe talk more specifics, but I play football, uh, played at Vanderbilt, which is in the sec, which is, you know, we're talking stadiums mm-hmm. of a hundred thousand people. And then I went on to play professional. I was in and out for five years, uh, bouncing around a different team. So I, um, you know, the position I played in football was called a long snapper and, it's a specialized position. It's similar to like a kicker punter where you get a handful of plays a game, but you need to be really precise and the margin for error is very low. And I'd been doing this ever since I was like eight years old. So I was used to like the pressure, especially having played in like large college uh, stadiums. I, it would obviously I got nervous and things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, to the point where I would shake, but it was never what I would classify as unhealthy, right? Like mm-hmm. you're just used to that feeling of nervousness as an athlete. But I came out of college. I was the number one ranked long snapper uh, at, uh, in the country in my class for whatever that is worth. And I signed with the Kansas City Chiefs in free agency. And I, w- I was literally classified as a blue chip prospect. The coach there, uh, uh, Dave Tobe, he's still there this, as a special teams <laughs> coach, had me as a blue chip pro- like prospect. They cut. Which means? top like Mm -hmm. solid which means you come in in.
0: you do your job they're planning to keep you for good yes Yes. so
1: i was thinking okay i'm gonna be with the chiefs for 10 years they released their previous long snapper to bring me in but since i was young they brought in like a a competition for me so that i had to you know earn the job and in case anything went wrong which it ended up going wrong (laughs) and i as i mentioned earlier like pretty quickly lost that confidence and it was like it was almost like I was just sinking in quicksand is the feeling I felt but I um started essentially changing my process and and how I would do my job like perform imagine like Sean doing balance beam with shoes on Mm. I went from doing balance beam like a normal person with this is an analogy by the way with no shoes on Mm -hmm. barefoot to uh doing something wild and weird, like wearing shoes on a balance beam for me, it was like wearing gloves while long snapping. It's like a quarterback usually doesn't really wear gloves. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was all like this, this process of me losing that. What I had done for 16 years, literally I'd done Mm -hmm. this for 16 years and I was performing at the professional level as if I was like middle school, caliber mm-hmm. because mentally I was just absolutely destroyed. And I, I remember walking around the facility. I actually did a, a, uh, episode on this on redirected my podcast, but I couldn't make eye contact with anybody just cause I was like super self-conscious. I uh, would go home after practice and literally just lay in my bed with the lights off. And, um, for hours like this, I would go to practice for two hours a day and then be in the hotel room for the rest of the, the time I would call Sean we would cry I uh I remember we've talked about this it's funny now um to a certain degree but we would have these team meetings right and that the whole team's in there so it's like a 100 guys 20 coaches we're all grown adults like whatever <laughs> Andy Reed the head coach of the Chiefs would get up in front of the room he'd walk in the door and immediately I I had this sensation which I'd never had before <laughs> Of like wanting to, to yell out, stand up and yell out the F word, which is like wild. Mm-hmm. I don't have, like, that's never been a thing. I, I cuss if I had to put a number to it, maybe like <laughs> once a week, I don't know. It's yeah. like rare. And then here we are in like this, you know, very professional, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's almost like this, uh, holy place of the NFL meeting room mm-hmm where it's quiet and, like, just pure respect, and I wanted to stand up and cuss. Like, I literally had to bite my tongue. Mm-hmm. Anyway, needless to say, it was a spiraling circle that didn't help my performance. I, like, relation relationally, I felt isolated and weak, and then in camp, which is, like, two days, it just all came to a head, and, like, Sean and I would have these discussions where it was... It was just terrible. I just felt like a this big. I felt like this big. Tiny.
0: I feel like and again, back to our conversations way back then, just kind of diving into it. I I feel like one of the biggest differences and one of the challenges you you're sorting through in dealing with the urge to like cuss and not being able like wearing the gloves and not being able to look people in the eye, which like if you know Andrew is very <laughs> not characteristic. I felt like when you went to Kansas City and you were faced with this challenge of proving yourself, you almost felt like you lost control over you.
1: So let me put it this way. And I just connected this dot. Thank you for the tee up. Uh, in co- I think I would never struggled with the mental side of this because I'd always had a balanced life per Mm -hmm. se where I would have to go to school and then I'd have to, you know, you're in a dorm, so you have a social life and then you're in college. So there's just whatever activity to do. And it was, it was way more than just football for me always. Mm -hmm. Um, but in, when I made it to the pro level, there was nothing that balanced out. It was football and that was it. Like that was it. Mm -hmm. It was just football. And so it was this hyper focus, hyper awareness of, um, Of just that one thing that I ultimately undermined. So, yeah. And
0: then question, if you were to zoom out from the Chiefs at that time, what had happened in our lives is we had just gotten engaged. Mm -hmm. You had graduated college and it was your first year as a rookie in the NFL. Do you feel like that like major life transition right there added to the stress of football?
1: Um, I think, I think the, I think not having you by my side because you were, I think you were filming Celebrity Apprentice and you were going on tour. So it was was really just me Mm -hmm. was the biggest factor. Like there's, it was all good things. Engagement was pumped about. We were getting to do so many fun things when we saw each other, but that was, we only saw each other like once a month. So then other than that, it was me in a dark hotel room.
0: So at some point within your journey within the NFL, um, after the Chiefs, after honestly a few years you had pinpointed a word of anxiety yeah and that's what you would feel within football and that's what you would struggle with and you would you weren't sure how to like battle with that where how did you come to that
1: so i i should say i never got it professionally diagnosed but i think i came to that because of my previous lack of experience with anything like this. So mm-hmm. I, I remember like I was just coming up with excuses for how can I get off of this team? Like remember that was mm-hmm. when I said my hip was hurting and oh my gosh, I think I tore X muscle. <laughs> it was so weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also, for the first time in my life was like literally considering taking a drug to have me mellow out. So I was mm-hmm. like looking into how can I get like, what's the doctor I need to go see that will prescribe me Xanax. Cause I was this ball of, it wigs me out even just thinking about it. It's so crazy mm-hmm. now that we're in this phase of life and I'm, I don't want to say I'm past it cause I'm clearly still vulnerable to it, but just having been through that and experience with it, like it's just wild. Uh, I, I think those like indic- indicators like that, like me considering taking drugs, which you know mm-hmm. is, not usually my first, yeah. second, third, fourth or tenth mm-hmm. option. Um and then I'm curious to hear your perspective on this, but I don't I don't really think that that was Andrew to a certain extent, right? That was Mm-mm. like a different iteration of me mm-hmm. somehow. So that's that's why I again cautiously use the word anxiety.
0: Mm-hmm. I I remember going through this with you for I think the hardest part of it was that first year. We, I feel like you lost a lot of yourself that first year, struggling with trying to make sense of it all. Um, but I would, I would witness it from the outside in. And whether we were together or not, not in a relationship, I just mean like <laughs> physically together,
1: yeah.
0: um, I would see it consume you. And I remember Andrew and I would have these conversations all the time after practices, and we would FaceTime before we went to bed, and it just, it would almost break my heart, because to a certain extent, I knew exactly what he was going through, because for so many years, we had been together, and I had tried to talk to him through, or I had tried to talk to Andrew, and explain eating disorder, and how it consumed me, and how I couldn't, I couldn't fight it off, and it felt like I was fighting the devil, and it like, It was just, it was something that consumed my soul and I couldn't turn it off. And that's a very, very hard concept for a lot of people to understand if you've never experienced something like that, because it's so easy for someone to say, well, just stop, just stop thinking that way. Just do it the way you've always done it. Choose not to do path A, but go down path, like just turn it off. Mm -hmm. And I remember Mm. witnessing you start to go through this and start, To see it magnify and consume you. And I knew at the time, just like anybody struggling with any mental health issue, I guess, is I couldn't fix it for you. Yeah, There was nothing I could say. There was nothing the coach could say. There was nothing that I could do to just fix it. And I remember talking to you as if, one, I was your wife, and then two, as a coach, of like, Okay, let's look at it as something we can we can practice. Let's, oh man. Let's practice visualizing. Let's practice positive thoughts. Let's practice
1: Can I be honest though? Yeah. All of your efforts to help me like in some ways made it psyched worse. Psyched you out. I remember you had me read the book Mind Gym. Uh-huh. And like literally and oh you you put me up with a sports psychologist. I you did. were by the way so generous and helpful. <laughs> uh and yeah. You would all like nothing but encouragement, but we'd always have the conversations like, Hey, mm-hmm. how, how are you doing? And all it did was made me think about it more for you know sure. What I'm like, so I would be just wigging myself out even more. It It is worth noting that, uh, Sean is like this stone cold Fox. <laughs> like I, it literally gets me hyped up to think about Sean in performance mode. Uh, I don't want to say that you weren't nervous, but like hot dang, She is just a beast when it's game time. Like you watch these videos of her about to hit the beam. I'm assuming this, I'm sure you're nervous, but like never had any of this uh, performance related anxiety. Oh, I did. But okay. So maybe you did. We've never talked about that, but you know, even though you're secure Mm -hmm. to some degree there, you had this other side Mm -hmm. that was vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And that's the eating disorder, the insecurity, like that whole thing we had previously spoken about. And so again, it's humbling just to think that like, because just because you don't have X, Y, or Z problem doesn't mean you, you don't have the other problem. So never, you know, I I guess take that for granted.
0: I think we said it the first time we, during the eating disorder um, episode, which is, I truly believe we all have a massive weakness somewhere when it comes to mental health. And some of us are very lucky that you will never find it, which is great that you will never come have an encounter to where it's triggered or you're like that button is pushed.
1: You find the blind spot.
0: But for both you and I, it takes experiencing something and it takes being triggered to a certain extent for that to come to light. And I love, I hate that we both went through it, but I love that we did because we made it through it each of us individually
1: i would on the as far as like a spe, if you're going to view it as a spectrum we're at a better place right now in this oh, moment yeah, of time. Yeah. No, that doesn't no, mean I'm, that we're just like over it right
0: no no i'm saying we're aware of it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. which i see as not tackling it not succeeding in the you know getting rid of it but to be aware of it and to find those those buttons, those weaknesses, those blind spots is really hard for people to do. And I think for you going through that first year it was kind of it was a major reality check for you and me mm-hmm. just knowing that okay, going into our second year, going into our third year or fourth year, however long you wanted to pursue the NFL, we have to figure out how to handle this yeah. and how to deal with it. So which leads me to the next question. How did your anxiety and those feelings of like lack of control of yourself and the consuming nature of it, how did that affect when you came home? And then how did that affect still continuing to pursue the NFL?
1: Yeah, so we we actually never talked about that this at all. So I'm just going to like try to put it all out there really for the sake of us being able to reference this mm-hmm. at a future date. Um, but that's, you know, I, I've shared many times that as, after I got cut from the chiefs, I was moping around on the couch. I didn't feel like I had a purpose in life mm-hmm. and that's how we started YouTube. So it affected, are you talking about after I got cut home or like, like my relationships?
0: Uh, go for both. How did it affect you? You, how did it affect your lifestyle? How did it affect how you approached me? How you came home after your cut? How yeah. did it everything?
1: So it it pushed me more towards isolation when I was still in the context, and when I got released, it was like I had two days of just tears. Mm-hmm. You remember this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gosh, we've been through some stuff, man. So mm-hmm. far, even, and we got a lot more to go through. Uh, it was like two days of tears, and then. I feel like it was a huge relief, like a weight taken off my shoulder. Cause it was like, Oh my, I don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to the, the practice facility. Literally my job. So a long snapper, I two hour practice. You stand around for like an hour, one hour and 50 minutes of it. And then 10 minutes is like, you get five plays. And I would be just brought to my knees, trembling about thinking about what is, what, is that gonna, yeah, what is that going to look like? Mm-hmm. I like got five opportunities. Don't blow it. And that's what I spent 24 hours. Thinking. Anyway, so it was like a relief to not be in that spot anymore. Um, and so I think while I was in the situation, it pushed me towards isolation and I really just didn't want to interact with anybody. Cause I was, why, why didn't I want to interact with anybody? Um, it wasn't fun. Like I just, I was always distracted, preoccupied and it felt like everyone else, especially because our main social group was football players mm-hmm like first round, second round draft picks where it was like, oh, I would look at them and be like, you don't have anything to worry about. You you have a job secured and you're not going to get cut. Like I'm going to get cut tomorrow. I'm sure I'm going to get cut tomorrow. Like that's, I was just always have these thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, oh man, I don't know. So that's one aspect of it. And then when I got home, it was, it was even, it was still tough like after I got cut because the side effect of, you know, being in a, a highly advertised uh sport like in the NFL is people are always asking you, Oh, hey, so how's the NFL going? Or you got any calls lately or whatever? And so again, it kind of pulls you back to only thinking about that, only talking about that. And um well that was the year that you went to uh, on tour and I locked myself in the house and I would Uber eat mm-hmm. I saw one friend that was Ryan Liman, And that was pretty much it. I was by myself for like three months. So it took me a while to get over it. Uh, but I would say that that would be the effect. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to come out of that show. Mm-hmm. And I got, I yeah, I gained weight, didn't have any confidence. It was weird, weird. One in five Americans have, quote,
0: Learn a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel.
1: Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Plus, Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world.
0: Andrew and I have been learning Spanish on Babbel, and it's been so fun. We've wanted to learn a new language for so long, and I finally started. We've learned how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants, all without having to consult language apps, which is so cool.
1: It's crazy how fast your brain picks up a new language when it's presented in a relatable way. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Babbel has over 10 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at Babbel.com slash EastFam. Again, get 60% off at babbel.com slash eastfam, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash eastfam. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: It's not weird, though. It, it's normal.
1: Correct. Correct. Uh, I, let me say this. I, I right. only
0: say that because I get the same way talking about like everything that I went through. It's so easy to start explaining it and start almost feeling... Mad at yourself. Like, what the frick? Yeah. Like, how could I have let that happen? How could I have become that person? How could I have... But it's so easy to let something like that happen. And it's so normal. And it's just learning how...
1: So I've, I feel like this is kind of a live therapy session. Yeah. Just because... Forgive me if I've overstepped and used words like weird, which I'm, I'm glad you called me out on it. But since this is like... We really haven't mm-hmm. talked. We have these leading questions that we prepared for this episode mm-hmm. and like sh- we've never had these discussions. Mm-hmm. So I think it's almost like a self-defense mechanism or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, trying to protect myself by saying, oh, that was weird. So I I appreciate you correcting me.
0: No, it was it was a really hard year for you. It was a really hard year for us. It was a really hard year for me. I was back in gymnastics dealing with eating disorders and addiction on tour feeling like isolating myself andrew was going through all of this with football we weren't actually able to like spend time together we are going through all of this isolated mm-hmm. and having those insecurities within ourselves we are isolating each other isolating ourselves from each other even more and i remember i remember i would get to come home and visit or you would visit and you'd say oh i'm gonna You know, sign up to be an Uber driver today because I'm not not capable of doing anything else in my life. And you would say, I don't know, you would just say things where you would have no confidence in yourself.
1: Pretty self-deprecating in like a serious way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it was really hard to see because, again, it's a mental journey every day of our life is. And we're going to go through ups and downs and you're not just going to overcome something once and never have to deal with it again. It's going to be a roller coaster. But to see you struggle with that and to see basically your first year of football do that to you and bring that out in you and me not know how to help you was really difficult.
1: On a lighter note, I don't know if you're going to ask this, but the the way I ultimately feel like I was able to pull myself out of the hole or out of the spiral Mm -hmm. and regain some degree of footing. And I feel like, I feel like the words I'm using hopefully relate to people who have experienced something similar, but like, um, was really just four more years of getting signed, getting cut, going to practice with different teams, having experiences, um, going through that process. And over that time, Uh, Fortunately, by the way, I can't believe that teams kept signing me and cutting me because my performance was still bad, (laughs) but, uh, Hey, uh, okay, fair. I'm sorry. Self-deprecating.
0: You know, I apologize for self-deprecating,
1: but the way I found how to cope with it was distraction, like literally just living a more balanced life Mm -hmm. for me is what helped me. So, essentially the way my NFL career came to a close was the perfect <laughs> way for me to actually play in a game and not perform terribly. And, and then that a was, week
0: later I was have a baby. Well, <laughs> <laughs> a great distraction. Pretty much.
1: Well, yeah. So you and I, again, because I got cut by the chiefs, we started YouTube. We started this whole mm-hmm. thing together. It was a blast. And that became like, The thing that I was most excited about, most looking forward to, the thing I put most of my um, thought Mm -hmm. to. And then we were also uh, buying this house, which Mm -hmm. we did that whole series on it. Um, Anyway, so we're in New York on a friend's trip. And I get a call uh, from the Redskins at the time, now the Washington football team. And uh, they said, hey, it's Friday. We need you to play on Sunday. Are you free? And so I said, yeah. I'll go down there. We played a game. And because it was such a tight timeline, mm-hmm. I didn't have time to think about it. it mm-hmm. was perfect. Like it was almost a joke how perfect it, it panned out. Anyway, it's one
0: I, I witnessed that with you year after year after year. It was almost like you went into your first year letting every ounce of your being be consumed by the thought of failure. Mm-hmm. And that drove you to anxiety. And like, I don't want to say depression, but depression, um, And then the second year it was like, okay, I don't really care as much this year. Like a little bit of you turned, turned off the football faucet. And you were like, I don't care as much anymore. Yeah. And then you got to your third year and you turned it off a little more and fourth year and fifth year. And by the time you got to your last two years of football, someone would call and you'd be like, okay, I'm just going to go snap some balls. Or we would I love you. You would just say like, I love my life so much that. If this works, great. If it doesn't, great. I don't care.
1: At the very end, it got to the point where I was like, Sean, should I go try out for this team? And <laughs> Should I go like,
0: try out for like, an interview? Well, NFL let's look team. at the schedule.
1: Does it work? Okay, sure. Let's go.
0: But I say that because early on in this interview, you said you had a lack of balance going into your first year that you felt you had in college. And I feel like a lot of times when our scales get tipped too far in one direction, bad things happen. Whether it's mental illness, whether it's whatever it might be. Just broken mistakes relationships happen. or yeah. And without that balance, without having someone like a community by your side or sanity w- within hobbies or um just a way to, to distract yourself from consuming thoughts. You have to have your scales somewhat equal. And for so many years you would tip it so far to I have to make this team in order to provide for my family, in order to be that NFL player that all my friends and my family want me to be, to live up to my father's expectations. Like there were so many different things that consumed your brain that your scale was tipped so far in one direction that when it didn't work out, you would have nothing left. Yeah. And year after year, you would learn that, yeah, I... I, I remember it was like your fifth year. It was the first time you ever said to me since Vanderbilt, I actually am enjoying playing football right now Yeah, because I get to go play. And I, and that was me at the Olympics. It was, I went through my ups and downs and I would struggle with bad years and good years where it's like, this is work and I hate it. And then this is not work and I am enjoying it.
1: You're such a stone-cold fox, dude. You're freaking tank. It's literally, I'm hyped (laughs) thinking about. You're a dog, dude. I
0: want to put an asterisk by that, though, because something that I was very fortunate with, one of the reasons I got asked this question today in an interview, why do gymnasts retire so early? You usually see this gap. You see a gymnast succeed in gymnastics at a very young age. Usually they take some time off and they come back older. For me i was very fortunate that i was still a child when i succeeded so yeah i was stone cold but i didn't have life slapping me in the face i did not have the brain development yet to understand the magnitude of my situation i was still a kid and i had someone thinking for me yeah if i were to go to the olympics now the nfl I don't know how I would handle it. You'd still be a
1: freaking dog, dude.
0: I don't know because in all honesty, the reason I quit my sport when I tried to come back was because my brain was no longer there. I overthought it. I would get up on the beam and I would see what could go wrong instead of what could go right. I broke more bones. I sprained more ligaments. I had more surgeries than I ever had in my entire career because I doubted my ability. Yeah.
1: Isn't that crazy how that happens? Yeah. Today's show is brought to you by Best Fiends.
0: Babe, Um, Drew was up all night. So, did I tell you what level I got to on Best Fiends? Did you stay up playing games? I did.
1: I feel like challenge coming on though, so just break, break the news, tell me.
0: I made it to five past where you were. Dang, I got some work to do? Yeah, you do. And get ready, because the new puzzles are on a whole other level.
1: Best Fiends always gets me with the new levels, the new characters, and the new challenges. It's nonstop. They're constantly updating the game. I love it.
0: So are you accepting my uh, little friendly challenge?
1: The fiendly challenge? The best fiendly challenge? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know I can't pass up uh, a little bit of healthy competition.
0: If you guys want to join in, you can join in on the fun today. Simply download Best Fiends for free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R best fiends.
1: I hear so many people talking about this on their podcast, like Dak Shepard and people like this. It's It's awesome. Yeah, try it out. We're going to link it down below. Let us know what you think. Let's get back to it. I remember you talking about you not understanding, or you were young and all the almost benefits that come with Mm -hmm. that when you're competing. I remember like for football we'd do practice and then we'd have these rookie meetings where they teach us about financial responsibility and Mm -hmm. talk, talk to us about all the benefits of what happens when you make an NFL team? You get this sick 401k retirement plan. You get all these, whatever, like the the health insurance, the dental, whatever. And so that's another thing that like would psych me out because it'd mm-hmm. be like, oh my gosh, what a dope opportunity. Like a retirement plan. I never thought about it in my life, but now I got to make a team so I can make sure I get the retirement plan. Mm-hmm. And it was just like all these different things would just layer up, but.
0: Well, and I remember in New York when you got the call for the Washington team, and we had found out we were pregnant. And it was kind of, I remember you thinking and saying, I want to do this so we can have health insurance for when we have a baby. Yeah. And and we did, by the way. We, we did. did. <laughs> but I remember us having a conversation and I was like, we can get health insurance. <laughs> like, that's not a determining factor here. Uh, nor should it be any pressure. And I think I had just, no idea
1: how to, though. <laughs> yeah, no, zero call. No, no, just figured that out like two months ago but side note
0: i just think it's so easy with anything in life to put too much weight into it to make it too much of a big deal and honestly even as we raised drew we've had people comment and be like dang you guys are so chill with this or laid back with that or said that Whatever. (laughs) I'm sorry. But I think we approach Uh, a lot of things in life pretty relaxed. Yes. But I also think it's because we've done the opposite. Yeah. And failed at it that way and ended up in bad places in life because we didn't just say, you know what? It's all going to be okay.
1: Let me present a, I feel like a common situation that all of us are familiar with that's on the same note of when you want, when you're like white knuckling something and you want it so yeah. badly that it ultimately actually uh, prevents you from having that thing. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like girls or boys, men or women who want a spouse, want to oh get married yeah. so badly that then they'll like go into a first date and
0: mm-hmm. take
1: it way too seriously or have like, whatever. I'm not saying there's, I mean, we our, our first date. We hit it pretty hard, but like there's definitely uh You could tell when someone's like, whoa, this feels uh, like you're desperate. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And anyway, that made me think about just that sometimes when you're uh, so obsessively pursuing something, it cannibalizes and undermines your chances of getting it.
0: Mm -hmm. I I have two things I want to say real quick. I want to backtrack. It's just a thought I had. Talking about myself at the Olympics and how I was fortunate to be young and I had someone else thinking for me. I don't want anyone to listen to this episode and think that a child is not capable of overthinking or being subjected to mental illness. Children are probably more susceptible than anything. And yes, I was able.
1: From a performance perspective.
0: From any perspective.
1: Your age, but no, from a performance perspective, your age provided a benefit. At the
0: time for my, for for my particular case, I, at the time where I was, was able to focus within my sport so well that I could win the Olympics, but outside of the Olympics, as a child, I was dealing with depression, identity issues, eating disorders that I didn't know how to take care of. So. I just want to be very careful when I share that story that nobody brushes off. Oh, they're just a kid. They couldn't possibly deal with anxiety. They couldn't possibly be dealing with depression or no, they can. And you always need to be aware of that for a child.
1: Good looking out. I I'm curious, does it like undermine things? The fact that I never got my situation diagnosed. Well, that's what's interesting about mental health is like, if you see someone with a, uh, like a broken leg, Or no leg. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I see that there's something going on there. But with mental health, it's like... And that's why I'm trying to be very accurate in describing my experience and just using anxiety as a term, even though I never officially got it diagnosed. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, does it it detract?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess I could argue that I never was diagnosed with an eating disorder. But... Like I never went to a doctor's office and had a doctor say to me, yes, you struggle from anorexia or you struggle from whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But I think we have both worked with enough professionals in whatever field that might be, marriage therapists, sports psychologists, professional coaches, trainers, nutritionists, to understand that Though some psychologist might define it as something different. We struggled at a certain point in our life and still do with these feelings. Mm-hmm. And you can lay out your feelings and struggles in a certain way. But that's
1: what's just so hard about the whole thing, though, is cause It's because so ambiguous and like uh, uh, relative, you know, almost. Yeah. As far as I, I, I'm. Yeah.
0: Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem solving skills with KiwiCo.
1: Get 50% off your first month of any crate at kiwico.com when you use code couple.
0: That's 50% off your first month at co.com promo code couple.
1: I'm more asking for myself, but I,
0: anyway, I think
1: because it's not concrete, <laughs> it's tough. And I want to be sure as we talk about it, we're just doing people who are like diagnosed with anxiety justice by not, you know, saying, mm-hmm. oh, you know, like flippantly saying, oh, I struggled with anxiety. I think, okay.
0: I think a way we could easily solve that is let's bring a psychologist on the show.
1: Okay. I'm actually game for that. Yeah. I'm curious if they would just unveil all these. Oh, Andrew, <laughs> you have a long list. of <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I do want to share um, the fact that I am very thankful for the, the idea that through my situation, there was always some degree of hope. I feel like at least in the sense of uh, positive communities, a friend that was there for me. And, um, ultimately when I look back on my NFL career, I'm thankful that I went through all that. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for where I am now, but, um, I wouldn't have learned the things I did, you know, had I not struggled through that. So yeah, I guess moral of the story being there's always hope and you can, um, you can see a better day. Just get there, you know, Mm -hmm. in whatever way is right for you. I don't feel like I really hit that, you know, closing as a home run, at least based (laughs) off your reaction
0: that might be a hard episode to follow. Just kind of like the eating disorder one. Again, we aren't professionals in this field, but we have both been through some stuff and still continue to struggle day in and day out to make sure that we, um, take every precaution we can to make sure we don't get to the places that we were at these times at our worst at our worst. Um, and I, I want to be realistic in saying we probably will. We probably will. But we have each other. We're not afraid to lean on each other. And we aren't afraid to ask for help, which took both of us a while to, to come to. But I think that's very important. So I say that because I think if you are struggling with anything – as, I mean, it could be as little as just like a doubt in life. Just like a tiny doubt, like a tiny little negative thought. Tell someone about it. Make sure you have someone that you can say, I, I feel a little unsure whether if I should wear this skirt or these shorts. It's just the practice of well, acknowledging it, asking for help, and having someone to lean on.
1: Yeah, let, let me preface that though by saying ask someone who cares and is a loving uh (laughs) presence in your life to be honest with you yeah and and there's a a right and a wrong person to do it and a right and wrong way to do it so keep that in mind yeah but okay well that's my story would love to hear uh yours maybe you're an athlete maybe you're not um but We'd love to hear them. So if you're able to uh, leave a comment on the YouTube channel or uh, in the rating, please do so. And subscribe to the show while you're over there, whatever you're listening. And we will see you next week. We have a great episode planned. That's all we got for you today, though. I'm Andrew. I'm Sean. We are the East Fam. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there, we don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No.